But is Nevada named after Nevada? Nevada. 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 Nevada is how you say it in Iowa. Nevada. 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 Jason. And together we believe in intentional dreaming for international living. We left our lives and family in small town Iowa to move overseas. And now as it becomes a reality, we want to share our adventures and our experiences along the way. Let's say that last part together. (laughs) (laughs) So, where are we now? We are in Madrid. In Madrid, Iowa. No. Uh, We say hello from Madrid. Hello from Madrid, Spain. Spain. Yes, I'm really proud that you can say that right. Why wouldn't I? Because in Iowa, any town that's spelt Madrid, you say Madrid. Well, that's the name of that town. That town's name is Madrid. Yes, but it's also pronounced Madrid. And I think Madrid, Spain, was here before Madrid, Iowa. Yeah, I don't know if it's named after, if Madrid, Madrid, Iowa is named after Madrid, Spain. I'm sure it must be. Anyway... <laughs> We're now in Madrid. Yeah. In the last few days, we drove up from southern Spain up to Madrid and took a couple stops along the way in Sevilla and in Toledo, Ohio. No. No, not Ohio. You said that joke like 20 times. (laughs) Someday, somebody's going to think it's funny. (laughs) Nobody's going to think it's funny. And uh, we've had, it's been a good, good experiences so far. So we thought we'd share a little bit about them and what we're up to next. That sounds great. Do you want to get started on that first? Yeah. So we left Rota, which is where we were staying with some family. Mm-hmm. And Rota's on the beach. And we just we rented a car for three days just to drive up to Madrid with all of our our stuff. Yeah. We had to we rented a van because we have a lot of stuff. We do. Yeah. But it's like everything we own right now that's not in our sister's basement. Right. Yeah. Um, hey, remember that time we said we had too much stuff and we went to go get another bag here just recently and we said we should also just buy a fan while we're out? Of course I remember that. <laughs> it was just like two hours ago. You don't get it. See, it's funny. Why is it funny? Is this what you were saying about wanting to have a podcast? Yeah, like, hey, remember that time? Yeah, like pop in the funny stories and you just looked at me like I was dumb whenever I said that. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a bunch of stuff. But that wasn't even a funny story. Yes, it is. It's funny because we have so much stuff, and we complained about having too much stuff, and then we rearranged all of our bags, and we decided we needed one more bag to check, like, more stuff, put more stuff in, and so we went to go buy a bag to finish putting our stuff in, and when we bought the bag, we were also like, well, let's buy a fan after we had already said we have too much stuff and we have too many bags and we need another another bag. Oh, so the funny part is that we bought a fan and a bag because with the fan, but with the bag we have, now we have more room so we can put the fan in it. Yeah, but the funny part is, is that we already had been complaining about bringing too much stuff. Yeah, but 
the air conditioner in our hotel doesn't really work very well. No. And we don't have a fan and we like to sleep with the fan. And so overall, it just works much better. It's just really funny what we can justify sometimes in our mind. Well, we we had bought more baggage because uh, we're really unsure about the carry-on policy about our trip. We're we're off the rails already. We with are. This we thing. are very. We haven't even today. talked about. I wanted to talk about the rental car. Okay, so we decided to drive from Rota to Madrid, and we got a rental car. Talk about the rental rental car. Yeah, we got a van because of all of this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, but. So we're back. We've made full circle. We are back to the beginning. So you, if you remember from our last episode, we also rented a car there. And uh, when when we rented that car, the lady talked me into getting an upgrade. Ooh. And it was an upgrade. This it wasn't what really. what happens when I don't go with you. She said it was an automatic and it had navigation built in and uh, it was diesel. So it was cheaper. And so I thought, mm, sounds good. And f- it was my first time, I think I told you this, my first time ever driving in a foreign country. Besides and, the moped that besides we... Besides the moped in Turkey, right. yeah. And so I thought an automatic would be preferable. Well, the automatic was, it took getting used to. It was really bad at shifting by itself. But anyway, this car was a manual. And I was concerned, for some reason I was concerned about driving a manual, even though the car I've owned for years and years in the states was a manual and so i have lots of experience and i'm really comfortable with it but for some reason i was still nervous driving a manual in another well, and country. we also borrowed mike and jess's car and that's the almost the exact same car and it's a manual yeah so it was really no no worries there was really no good reason to be worried about renting the manual transmission car van, van but for some reason i was but it's turned out it turned out really good um it was actually really easy to drive and unlike some of the the cars in the states when you have it in uh like first gear for instance and you're trying to start into first gear on a hill it won't let it roll backwards which is really nice even with the clutch pushed in the car won't roll backwards if you have it in first gear and i think unless it dies on you unless it unless it dies on you and also if you have it in reverse it won't roll forward um, which I think is a really helpful feature. And this van wasn't like, it's not the vans that you think of in the States. Like this is a van. What was the brand called? I don't know. They have weird brands here. We'll have to find it. We can put like a little link to it in the show notes, but it's a kind of a boxy type van mm-hmm. SUV. So it's, it's kind of like a Honda CRV, except boxier or maybe more like an element but with a little bit more of a front end to it, um, where it's got like kind of that tall box boxiness on the inside. So it's very roomy um, and there's lots of space inside. Yeah, which we filled. But it's not huge like a minivan. It's still small. Yeah, it, it turned out really well. Um, within the first, oh, the day, like we got it in the evening. The next morning, we ended up dinging it uh, because we we're... We. Well, me, we as in me and um, Mike, Mike, after we had loaded up all the luggage in the van, we were happily happy <laughs> and in our in our joy, we shut the doors. Well, in the back, it's, it's not just like one trunk that opens up. It's two doors that open out out and you have to shut the right side before the left side. But 
we shut them in the wrong order and a little too um, energetically and the the right side put a big ding in the left side door it so. wasn't a big ding it was pretty um, small uh, i mean i guess it depends yeah what that means so we'll see we'll let you know the... how that uh credit card insurance turns yeah, out yeah because we mike our credit card says turn down the extra insurance from the rental car because we have you covered so we'll see we'll see how it works out though the lady when we took in the car said if it's small enough that they just won't even worry about it so it might not even mean anything but if it does we get a new experience this like i was just really surprised how not worried you were about this like at all and we talked about this i just i was i've been a lot more concerned about the cost of what that would be if the insurance didn't come through with the credit card well yeah it's one of those things like it is there's absolutely nothing that we can do about it and so why worry yeah i don't know i think and we're i was trying to give a good explanation about why i was worried or concerned about it and i think it's because i've never known someone who has had that issue and then their credit card company took took care of it and so like i don't really have a base on like yes, this actually happens and people actually do use their credit card insurance and they get paid back the money for damage if they get charged for it. And so, Mm -hmm. like, there's no security blanket there for me. All my security, it's on on the credit card's website, it says literally something like, turn down the insurance because we have you covered. Uh And so I'm that's where I, I guess, put my confidence in it. It's not like... Maybe you should. I mean, if you want to, you go ahead and turn it down. It says, mm-hmm. turn it down. You got us. You got coverage with us. And so that's why I'm not not all that concerned. And it might not happen. The thing that we will be charged for was not filling it up with gas, <laughs> which we completely forgot about. Ugh. And so that's going to be a, in the, a nice little charge. We stopped by after we dropped it off and said, oh, we forgot about it. And she said, you know, she had just like finished processing it. So we couldn't take it again. And I think she was saying like they charge you double or something to fill it up. So and gas here isn't the most cheap thing in the world. So that'll be whatever. That's it. I've uh, yeah. You know, what's ironic about this whole situation is that a year ago we couldn't even rent a car. Why is that ironic? Because now we're like renting cars right and left and dinging them up and forgetting to put gas in them and all sorts of things. Yeah, I don't think that's ironic, but it is an interesting development in our travel history. Yeah, but it has been really good for us to be able to rent cars. Um, And I like that we can just drive from place to place and um, it gives us a little bit more freedom in our schedule and it's just good. It's been good for us. And since... We didn't fly out of Rota or a nearby airport down there, and we had to to drive. drive to Madrid. We had like we couldn't take a train because we had too much luggage, um, and so our yeah. only option was to drive. And it was either have someone drive us or just rent a car and come up here. Yeah. So then that led to having a couple more opportunities to see a few other cities along the way, which you were super disappointed about. Oh, so sad. Yeah, because you hate making the most of every opportunity. The opportunist in me was just jumping for joy, actually. Yeah. So we spent one night in Sevilla. 
and One Night in Toledo, which are both really cool cities. And, and you could spend three or four nights in both. Yeah. Mm, take that back. You could take, you could definitely spend two or three days in Sevilla. Or- you could spend a long time in Sevilla. Sevilla is a pretty big city. There's a lot to do, a lot to see. Um, and we didn't get to see nearly anything that we only saw a very, very small percentage of the stuff in Sevilla. In Toledo, I think we pretty much did like everything we needed to do in one night. The difference is Sevilla was fine. It was touristy. It was more like busy, busy kind of stuff where Toledo, it just felt like we could have spent more time there and just relaxed. We had this rooftop apartment with this just amazing view and it just felt really calm calm and comfortable there was like a awesome rooftop terrace that we like didn't even get to enjoy uh and we could have watched the sunset and the sunrise and it would have just been it would have been nice to spend a couple more days there but i think just for the sheer desire to just relax it that's what could have been nice about it and because it is so small you can you can walk circles around it. Yeah, in which a day. we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we did. You can very easily get lost and end up back in the same place. Um, but yeah, it's just a very easy walkable town that you can definitely get a feel for the area and kind of go back to places and revisit. Whereas, like in larger cities, it's really hard to do that. Yeah, um, it's hard to kind of rewalk the route again and again. Um, but in these smaller towns, like. Arcos de la Frontera that we went to in Toledo, they're just much easier. They're all on a hilltop. They're all condensed and small in size and really easy to walk. Yeah. And I actually I actually prefer that. I don't know about mm-hmm. you. I think we enjoyed our time in the smaller cities more than we did in the bigger cities. Yeah, I think Arcos and Toledo were my two favorite cities in Spain. Yeah, and I really think it was for those reasons. Was It was condensed. It was easy to figure out how to get around. It was just more relaxed, yeah. too. Yeah. But I thought we could talk about a couple of the things we did in Sevilla. Yeah, let's do it. Um, we we stayed in an, Air, or an Airbnb, which is like a bed and breakfast place. Yeah, it was a bed and breakfast on Airbnb. So yeah. It was this lady's, it was, actually, it's a lady's home. That like she, her old family house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it was fine. I, it was nice, right? Yeah. Like I, anytime you say like it was fine, it I just, sounds like it really wasn't great. But it was no, that's not what I mean. I mean it was like it wasn't bad. It was comfortable. It was clean, but it wasn't like spectacular. Right. But it was perfect for what we needed. It was perfect for what we needed. It was fine. That's what I mean by fine. Yeah, and I think I liked it. I like some of these options of it being it's a private room and like a bed and breakfast. Because then we don't, we're not solely responsible for coming in and out and like cleaning up after ourselves. Sometimes, yeah. like a lot of times when we do Airbnbs, we do like an entire home, and sometimes that can be a little bit more stress, stressful when it comes to like checking in and checking out. But some of these these bed and breakfasts that we can find on on Airbnb make it really easy. Yeah, and that's something when you're looking on Airbnb. I typically prefer not to stay in a private room because what Usually, that is like somebody's room in their house. They're yeah. like spare bedroom, um, and that's less enjoyable. But staying staying in an air or a bed and breakfast is technically a private room. 
it's it's so when you're searching on Airbnb, searching for private rooms, that's where the bed and breakfast will show up, and that is no problem because it's like it's like a hotel. You don't think of a hotel as like a private room, but that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we stayed there, um, which was just a couple minute walk from a big park. Um, I don't remember the name of the park, but the park was built in the twenties. Mm-hmm. Sometime around sometime around the twenties for the World's Fair, uh, and it was a really nice park. They had kept up with it pretty well. Uh, there were fountains and trees and walking paths, and it was pretty nice. Yeah, it wasn't just a, a park with trees. It they actually had like little coves and um, walkways that have covered like covered with trees and flowers and, and fountains with frogs spitting water. Yeah, all those yeah. things. Like it, it actually was a really beautiful place that. You could just walk through and see all these different design elements and landscaping and, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And right next to the park is the Plaza de España, Plaza España. Mm -hmm. And um, it is, they were also built for the World's Fair, this huge semi-circular building in, uh, I don't remember what architectural style it was, um, but it was really cool. Uh, and one of the interesting things is that they used that that scene for uh, one of the Star Wars prequels in the second one. I think it was um, one of the like where the government of Naboo met, <laughs> and there's like one scene where Anakin and um, Senator Amidala, Am- Amidala, <laughs> whatever, I you were a little bit more of a are, Star Wars nerd. Or like just walking and there's like this big circular building behind them. That's where they shot that. But apparently I was looking, when we were there, I was looking at some of the pictures of the scenes and they had like changed the building. So I guess they used CGI or something to like rearrange it. So it wasn't obviously Plaza España, but it looked similar except like the buildings, the like towers were in different places Mm -hmm. or whatnot. So Mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. Had a big fountain in the middle. But it was hot when we were there. Very, very warm. Yeah. And then, where did we go? After we went to the plaza, we walked towards... Oh, you know what we did between that, though? What did we pay two euros to do? (laughs) (laughs) I totally convinced Jason that we should pay two euros to get this... To take pictures with these, like, wooden... Yeah, these wooden flamingo dancers. So you know, wearing what, like the traditional flamingo dress and the, the state fair where they have those that big board you can stick your head through the hole and then you're a farmer holding a pig or something like that. Yeah, they had these only they were like flamingo dancers, life size like wooden. I don't know what they're called, like just boards, just boards that had like, like clothes on them. You know what? The pictures will be in the show notes. Yes. And so you can definitely check those out. Yes. I mean, Jason was like super content to just walk on by. But we did, actually. We, we did. did walk we did straight walk by. We did walk on by. But I was admiring this old couple who was getting their picture taken. And she even like, so there's the boards and they have like the woman's clothes of flamingo clothes. And then they have the men's clothes. Flamingo. Well, flamingo, whatever. And <laughs> I don't think that's I know, every single time we, we got chastised. Uh, no, not not chastised, but we'll talk. We'll actually talk about flamingo a little bit later. We'll uh, save that conversation. Yeah. So, anyways, the guy has on like this traditional dress for the flamingo dancing, and it just looked really cute. So, 
um, because the couple just had finished up and I'd, and it, she wasn't doing anything, I was like, well, let's just go. This is our opportunity to take these pictures. And she even like puts an extra scarf around you and like hats on our heads. And, yeah. And I had uh, the hiccups at the time. Yes. So I had the hiccups like all day that day. We're like holding hands and it's just really cute. So I totally succumbed to the touristy photos. Yeah. Anyway, so then we walked to the palace the after palace. that, which is yeah. a pretty big sight to see in Sevilla. And there were just huge grounds of palace gardens and then rooms. And, you know, it reminded me of Aladdin, you know, in, in the like beginning of Aladdin, the princess, what's her name? Princess Jasmine. Jasmine. You know how she's like in the garden with her tigers walking around, but... She can't leave, but it's like a big thing. Okay. That's what it reminded me of. Because like it was the walls like, on the side. like this huge garden, but it's all contained. You know, there are huge walls. We know that it's contained because we walked around the whole outside of the palace. Yeah. <laughs> trying to, to get, get in. to yeah. the front of it. Nearly. Yeah. But it was lots of just little gardens and fountains. And there was also a, a hedge maze, um, which we went into, but quickly turned around and went out of because it, it was like overgrown they like hadn't kept the the walls it's not trimmed. like harry potter maze no they hadn't kept the walls trimmed and so you're like walking through it reminded me of like detasseling corn where you're just walking through and you're having like things hit you in the face the whole time the like branches. you're just getting brushed up by stuff on the sides yeah so we didn't go through all of that but yeah, yeah but it was a really cool cool looking palace and um we're just barely talking about these things so if this was a real podcast you know, we'd have more information. And then after that, we went to Starbucks. Yes, we went to Starbucks because I have like a minor obsession. Minor. With, okay, it might be a little bit more than minor. I may have quite a few uh, Starbucks mugs that have the country name on them. You're downplaying this. Like you have a ton of them. And we left them all at home or in the States. And so I was thinking we were done with this. <laughs> What? Because what are you going to do with them now? It's like one of my only hobbies I have left. But Collections so let's, okay, that I have but left. Yeah, let's, so if we buy more and more of them. But then they're all over here. And we can't we can't leave them here when we go back to the States. No, we take them back. That's good. <laughs> That's not going to be an easy task. But I have them all sitting there at home. So yeah. I, I have to take the ones that I have you have overseas. To. Yeah. Yes. And then I have to add them to my other mugs so that they have a larger family. And then what? And then I finally get to display them on a wall that I can hang stuff on however I want to. Someday we're going to die. And our children our are going to cherish, children cherish are gonna be sitting around those thinking, Starbucks mugs. What the heck are we going to do with all of these mugs? No, they're not. <laughs> they're going to sit through and then they're going to... Pick them out like basketball players on a team. Okay, we're going to go through and one at a time, you each get to like choose which one. Yes, it's going to be a draft. We did that actually with my, when my grandma died, she had a lots of salt and pepper shakers. And so the grandkids got to pick the ones that they wanted. See? <laughs> Is that the same thing? Yes, that's going to happen. Okay. If they don't break first. So anyways. I think some of the, some of the coolest mugs you have are not the the Starbucks ones, but like the unofficial Starbucks ones. That's because they don't have a Starbucks there. I know, but those are some of the cooler ones. So now you're just saying that I can have a collection 
of really cool mugs that have the country name on them, but not Starbucks ones. No, like your Afghanistan one. Yeah, because they don't have Starbucks there. Right, and so some guy took a Sharpie and wrote Afghanistan on a fake Starbucks mug. Like, I think that one's really cool. That one is cool. But, like, the one that says Spain, you know, it's just a piece of a collection, I guess. Which is why you have a collection. This is, this is like, some sentimentalness to it. This is, like, pre-Jason days. I understand. These are, like, pre-married days. And, like, other people do this. I am not the only weird person that collects country mugs from Starbucks. I know. I know. Yeah, and so after that (laughs) we went to a flamingo show well so we got a like a night tour it was supposed to be like a walking tour and then a flamingo show if you remember us talking about fill the city they also do shows in sevilla and madrid and things like that or tours i should say the walking tour was a bit of a disappointment yes because we the guy basically was saying in the summer it's too hot to walk around and so what we normally do is just walk to this bar and sit and have a glass of wine and tell you about flamenco. And so that's what we did. Uh, and so we walked. We stopped once. We stopped before. once so we could explain this, like how, how they used to live. But um, it wasn't really a walking tour. I thought it was fine. We got a glass of wine out of it, you know. But overall, it wasn't, it wasn't a walking tour. It was a walk to the destination together. Yes, but the show itself was a very intimate setting, a very small theater. So I think there are people who don't know what flamingo is. Well, obviously, I didn't even know how to say it right. Let's clarify. It's not flamingo, which is the (laughs) pink Which is how I've been saying it. Yeah, it sounds so much like it. It's flamingo with a C. And so what it is, it's it's a variety of dance that's specific to Spain. And it's a very... It's a blend of different cultures this is what the tour guide explained to us that there's like jewish aspects in it christian aspects in it gypsy aspects in it muslim dancing and aspects in it and as these cultures who all live together in these same houses you had jews living with muslims living with christians living with gypsies they all kind of got blended together into this now um, style of dance known as flamenco and he basically gave credit, though, to the gypsies because they're the only ones that apparently had no type of conservative religion to them. Well, I think what he was saying is like the Jews had their culture, which was pretty isolated, and the Muslims had their culture, which was pretty isolated, and the Christians had their culture. But then the gypsies came in and had no like definite culture of their own. They're but- nomadic and walking around. And so they just kind of kept borrowing and pulling in all the other cultures into their own. They're like, um, they're like the Borg from Star Trek, which you know about. You just, you just did an analogy with flamenco dancing to Star Trek. The Borg resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. So the Borg are, (laughs) (laughs) they're these like creatures. They don't have their own like technologies or anything. They just go around and assimilate other cultures into their own, become part of this hive mind collective. Uh, and so it's kind of, kind of like flamenco dancing. I'm like, I'm just speechless right now. Yeah. Because how good the analogy was. No. So. Because <laughs> of how nerdy The gypsies, was. the gypsies pull in all of these different cultures, music, styles, dancing, and make flamenco. Right. Because he had said that they all, in, 
they were all kind of considered outcasts from the city and they all ended up living in the same communities and so they kind of had to live among one another and that's kind of yeah, how these, these things mixed developed. and mingled yep yeah and so we we went into this room that i don't know how many people had held like 20 something it looked like a very small theater it was a very small theater yeah but it like actually you know there was an incline with seats um very very intimate setting yeah and so how does the show go so it starts with a guitar player and he is speaking to you well not actually he's just playing the guitar via his guitar yeah he's speaking with his guitar and his facial motions movements yeah so it's it's like it's not just like this is what we were told it's not just a musician playing or a singer singing or somebody dancing it's like a performance and they're telling this story and you have to listen to the music and watch his face and if he's playing really fast is he smiling is he happy or is he mad is he playing like mad noises or um, sad or All sad rage so he has to be watching yeah the, the performer's face yeah, and so the guitar player, he plays a song. And then the singer comes on. The singer is also known as the clapper. That's no joke. <laughs> he, he claps. Yeah, and so... And the clapping is important. I did not realize how important it was, but there are there are groups of people and there is one person clapping. Yeah, well, he's the singer is also the clapper. In this scenario. Yeah, so the, the guitar guy has his song, and then the singer has his song, and he's singing along with the guitar. So the guitar is playing for the singer, um, and so then he does his. And then the girl comes, and she's dressed in her flowy dress and, and whatnot, and then she does her dance while the singer is singing and clapping and the musician is, the guitarist is playing his guitar. And so then she does her, her dance and then the show we were at, they did that and then they started over. And so the guitar then did another song, the singer came on and then the girl came on and did her dance. And it was enjoyable, I think. Yeah. And the, the performers don't always have to be this mixed, like the dancer can be male or female. The singer can be male or female. Really? Uh, yes. Because hmm. remember the first, when we were going through Hereth, the I first I thought she time, was the dancer. She is the dancer in this scenario. But when we <laughs> when we went to Hereth for that day trip and we walked by the restaurant, the guy who was the performer, the dancer, was, an, was a guy. Like, he yeah. wasn't a woman. I was under the impression, though, that that's fairly rare. Like, it's kind of, it's unusual for the dancer to be a guy. Oh. But I don't know. I'm not an expert. Either way, that's yeah, how it was. I was really glad that we went to the show. I don't think that I would go to another one. It's, I could tell that it was art and that there was something to be enjoyed by it, but it was not, not for me. Not your cup of tea? No, no, not really. It's good because I don't drink tea here. <laughs> <laughs> And that's really that's really all the time we had in Seville. 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 <laughs> Why do I call it Seville? Because we say everything wrong in Spanish. But really, so Seville, a lot of people would say Seville because it's spelled S-E-V-I-L-L-E. So Seville and Sevilla, they're but, actually the same. Yes, but Sevilla is the right way to say it. They say it, Sevilla. Oh. Right. Got it. So moving on from Sevilla, we 
went up to Toledo. And it's about a four-hour drive from Sevilla to Toledo. I guess you didn't know Spain and Ohio were so close. Oh, so close. (laughs) (laughs) You think that's so funny. And it's not. Yeah. So Toledo was a really... It was a long drive. Yeah, it was four and a half hours from Sevilla. And so we got to our place and the host of the Airbnb that we stayed at, it was an entire place this time, mm-hmm. was very kind and very helpful. He spoke no English, but He we, spoke a little English. He spoke but very more little. English than we spoke but Spanish. He was really, really nice. He was very nice and very helpful. And we ended up figuring out everything that we needed. And didn't through charades. There were a couple times where he was trying to explain words but he couldn't he didn't know the english word and so he would like act out i think one of them he was trying to explain he didn't know the word for near and so he like took something and picked it up and like held it to him and we didn't understand and so we went and he set it on the bookshelf and like walked away and he was like look far away and then he went and grabbed it and we're like oh you mean like near near and far and there was another one was like open and shut for a door and yeah we it was it was actually kind of fun um, but he was so really nice. If you're ever worried about going to a foreign country because you can't speak the language, it doesn't really matter because if you can play charades, you can communicate most things. As long as the person you're trying to communicate with is like friendly and right. wanting to communicate. Right. If they're just like stupid foreigners wanting to learn our language, you know, or something, then it's it a would... little harder whenever they're not so positive about it. You're but right. most people, I think, are, are pretty helpful and friendly. Yeah, especially whenever you're trying to pay them money. <laughs> and if you can't understand them, then you just do what I do and you just like throw a whole bunch of coins down yeah. on the counter and let them pick out which ones they want. Yeah. <laughs> and you hope they don't cheat you. Yeah. But most of the time they're not. As long as you're okay with whatever they take, you know, yeah. it all works out. Right. Yeah. So this place was the, the rooftop place that, that I mentioned that kind of overlooked, you know, part of the you know, half of the city. Uh, and it had just great view and was, it was a really small, like studio apartment, but it was just, it was perfect for, for us. For and what Toledo's we known for the rooftops, just being able to find a good view and look over the rooftops of Toledo because they're all this kind of ancient ancient just old ceramic tile rooftops yeah and they're all just beautiful and brown and Mm -hmm. yeah and so one of the cool things about toledo is that you can buy they have these bracelets that you can buy that allow you access to seven different monuments in the city and so i think each of the monuments is like 250 to get into and you can buy the bracelet for nine right Right. And so we both bought the bracelets and then just did this kind of circle loop around the city and visited um, all the things. Um, and there was like one of them was the Church of St. Thomas, which was just a painting. Let's clarify. All these monuments were actually churches. No, one was a synagogue. That became a church. One was a monastery. That became a museum. It's connected to a church. <laughs> <laughs> one was i think another monastery i don't know they all had to do one was with a church like, one was a mosque one was a mosque yeah that they was were all religious into a church but that's not surprising no i mean in these in these old ancient towns and even when we're driving through the the coast of spain you'll see this hilltop um not the coast the countryside of spain you'll see a hilltop 
city and there's in the middle of it there's like a castle or a church or some like big thing palace and then all around it is just like little residential buildings and so these the churches or the palaces the monasteries these were like the things to see in the towns Uh, and just kind of the other normal day-to-day life stuff was was not as important as as the the centers of the city the centers of the culture so they were cool Anything, any one of them specifically you want to talk about? One of the churches had a tower that you could walk up. Two towers. Two towers that you could walk up to the top and see a really pretty view over the city. Yeah. And I really liked that one. Yeah. Yeah, that that one was really cool. Um, I think we've mentioned it before, but after you've been in, you know, a number of cathedrals or fortresses or whatever, they all kind of start to look the same. And so you go in and then there's a painting or there's a statue or there's an altar and they're cool to look at, but unless you're, I think, really informed about what you're looking at or seeing or having somebody like explain to you why this one is different or special, uh, they all just kind of blend together. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, they're really cool to look at. I don't mean to diminish them. It's just like, there's nothing all that special to talk about for us anyway. Yeah, but I think with these, a lot of them looked similar. A lot of them were really small, and they didn't take very long to go through. No. Um, So it was very easy to go in, kind of check it out, and then kind of move on. Mm -hmm. Um, And we read a few things. um, The the ones that did have uh, signs in English, then we read about them and what they were and that type of thing. Yeah, and so Toledo was great. Uh, Just good to walk around and... There's a few. I mean, there's and... other things to see in Toledo. Uh, there's some oh, yeah. jewelry makers. Uh, there's some jewelry that's pretty well known that's made by hand in Toledo. Um, but most importantly, they're most known for make their sword making, like swords and iron and armor and stuff. And I guess there's a museum about it. We didn't really see that. We did miss the museum, but there is one that you can go to. Yeah, and they're they're like stores and and whatnot with. Like swords and stuff in it. So. Right. I think what the coolest part is, is just taking time and walking around the city. Yeah. Um, and getting lost and weaving through some areas. And um, you, then you'll end up finding lookouts and other places. But there is, I think that's the best, that's the best part about going to these small towns is that, yeah, you, you're going to kind of weave in and out, but eventually you'll get back to where you started. Um, but if you never got lost and you never just kind of walked around the city, then you will actually miss quite a bit of character that the town's known for. Yeah. So we did Toledo, um, you know, whatever that means. And then now we're up in Madrid. So. And we're going to save Madrid for another time. Are we? We haven't done anything in Madrid. <laughs> well, we, we spent a little bit of time resting um, yeah. preparing to go and we are actually the day that this podcast is going to be released we're going to be doing a little bit of sightseeing in the yeah, town our tour days tomorrow today we are packing um and like we said there's yeah. quite a bit of stuff yeah so on on tuesday which is in two days from now we will be flying into turkey and so we have to get all of our stuff together and get all of our plans together and so we are looking forward to that um so the next time we have a podcast it'll be from turkey and it might be a little delayed possibly just looking at our schedule um we're gonna be 
on a boat for a week. And so it might be hard to, to record a podcast. And so we might be one week behind, but we'll have a lot to talk about. So as always, if you have questions or comments, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash funk travels. You can follow Katie on Instagram or me on Twitter to stay up that way. And we want to remind our subscribers that you received an email update this last week, and you can always respond to those email updates to us directly, and we love to get those responses. Yep, so we will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.